This is the Orange Podcast, conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader. Thanks for tuning in for the latest episode of the Orange Podcast. In a week where Orange's water storage tipped over that milestone 50% mark, I guess it depends whether you're a glass half full or a glass half empty sort of guy as to whether that's good news or not. Coming back after months of drought, 50% is just fine. Coming up later, we'll talk to a man who predicted this milestone months ago. How and why did he do it? We'll find out later in the show. First up today, after a year of planning and wondering about how to upgrade Orange's central shopping area in a process called Future City, an implementation plan has been released. It maps out a timetable for the next three years and how it'll all happen. Orange City Council CEO David Waddell told Ellie Bryce it's been many years since the Centre of Orange has received this much attention. I think it's been a long time coming, this project. They used to call it CBD upgrade. That's what we're going to do. And I think it's probably 25 years since council consciously spent a lot of money on the CBD. So it's, you know, it's like putting lippy on when you're not feeling good. I wouldn't say that out loud, would I? It's, um, so it's been a long time coming. That's exciting. We'll see physical changes. We'll see maintenance done that, you know, has been a long time coming. It's really exciting. We're spending money on the old girl. Yeah, fantastic. And Dave, as you say, 25 years or so, that's a fairly long time. What are some of the major projects within this plan that people will be excited about? I think there's some tired looking places. And I think three of the projects that'll come in the first year or two, Anson Street with a a, a mall, partial mall, Lord's Place in front of council, Mm -hmm. turning you know, further working on the Civic Precinct and some of the work we're doing in McNamara Lane to really funk it up um, and try to create spaces for young people and um, artistic types. Those are the three projects that spring to mind. We'll finish off the lighting program that we've been into lately. We've got a lot of money earmarked to not only put LED strung lights all the way up summer, but also to finish the Whiteway Lighting Under Awning project, fairy light every tree, um, put searchlights, spotlights up into trees in the major parks, um, and then to highlight buildings like we're doing with the Uniting Church on Anson. Um, lighting is a great way to make a, a, a city look better. The one I'm really excited about is spending money on buildings. We're going to go and approach landlords, owners of buildings, and say, look, We'll go your halves. Let's get your place painted. Let's get maintenance done. Let's really lift the whole CBD and not not have a few missing teeth. Did you know we're um, we've got an offer on at the moment that puts historical photos in the windows for free um, to any empty shops. Okay, so why should businesses get involved with that? Well, I mean, it's going to make the whole town more attractive. You know, the water goes up, all ships go up. Um, surely landlords want to live in, you know, want to have a an asset in a, in a better looking town. And a better looking town makes better memories for those that come and see it. They'll come again. So it's, it's quite a no-brainer a CBD upgrade. Dave, I guess some of the people in our community might have some fears or be a little bit anxious about how some of these projects are going to come into play. I guess one of the main themes involved with Future City is that it's going to be a more pedestrian friendly city and we're also going to see nose in parking around the CBD. Should people have some concerns and I guess why are we going down this path? Look, Ellie, there's nothing really to be afraid of. You know, CBD upgrades happen all the time. There will be new pavers, there will be roadworks, there will be, you know, nights where the lights need to be turned off so we can do works. Um, one of the things 
I've said to the team is make sure we consult as we roll this out. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a a team getting to know shopkeepers and um, really flagging what's coming. Some things haven't even been designed. The Anson Street Mall, for example, is only at concept. We've got some impressions of what it would look like or could look like. Mm. Um, We haven't chosen plant species. We haven't chosen the fountain types, the street furniture. We've got work to do. So the community should expect to see the design before we build it. Mm. And and councillors will see the approval documents before we go ahead. So there's there's more to come. Today's exciting. Well, hopefully next Tuesday is exciting because council backs the work that we've been doing. They've come along for the ride. They seem seem pretty pleased with where we're going, and they've all agreed that the CBD really does need a good fix. If you're a follower of, of water levels, that's one of the barbecue stoppers around Orange, how much water's in our dams. Uh, last week, we got to that magic 40% mark, which was a trigger of a change in water restrictions. That's prompted some debate too. But to find out some more about how Orange City Council manages water, uh, we're joined by a, um, a guy who's been keeping a close eye on it professionally for a while, Martin Haig. Martin, thanks for joining us today. No problem, Alan. What, what's your role with this? Why is it important to have a, an independent scientific, if you like, consultant advising council on, on how to do water better? Well, Alan, it started uh, back in 2007 with my role uh, working with council in this regard. And we set up some uh, models that apply to the catchments and the storages in Orange. And so we can now use those models to try and predict a little bit uh, into the future and try and help guide some decisions. And, um, and, and so for this particular drought, we've been following the way the storage has been behaving um, and trying to forecast when certain actions may need to happen in terms of will we need to move into further restrictions or, in fact, as the weather started to turn, when we might start to move out of restrictions. And so we, we model various scenarios, whether it be dry, neutral or wet conditions and try and predict um, so that council can look forward a little bit and sort of uh, estimate when we might be moving into different restriction levels. So going back six, 12 months ago, you were predicting that uh, we might get to 40% sometime soon. How close were you? Were you on the money of, in terms of the halfway through August? We, um, back in, we've been updating this model continually uh, since uh, last, well, well over 12 months ago. And we typically update it every month and see where it's heading. Um, It was tracking very much like a zero inflow model for a long time. Um, And then when we started to see some forecasts that suggested wetter conditions, we started to factor in what we call neutral conditions into the model. And back in around about May, early June, we forecast probably moving into level four restrictions in mid-August. Um, and it just so happens that uh, that's come to fruition, which is very good for the community, um, but also uh, indicates that the, the models we've got are quite robust. Uh, modelling's modelling, <laughs> you know, up and down, um, but uh, it was good to see that this sort of predicted where we'd be at the moment. Another way some of these models get used is if there's a, another tweak to the system. I'm thinking back, say, six months or so ago, when there was some discussion about How could we encourage the state government to give us a lower trigger level so we could turn on the Macquarie pipeline more often? And and, and you did some modelling then that suggested if we did that and the usual flows that were there in the river happened, um, things would start to turn around. That that seems to have come true as well. Yes, it it has. There's been some good flows in the Macquarie uh, since that change uh, has gone through. Um, in saying that, yes, the modelling was very useful in that regard in terms of seeing what impact that change could have in terms of the security for Orange. 
So, um, and obviously that supported the application that went to council, uh, to the department to get that change. Um, and it, but since then, the river has actually flown, uh, you know, been well above the original trigger, um, which is good for the Macquarie system and also downstream users, but it's enabled the pipeline to be operating pretty well uh, 100% of the time um, when it can, which has also contributed to the you know, combined storage levels going up. You imagine Spring Creek Dam is currently filling up and once that starts to overflow, that'll be more infl- inflow into Summer Park. That's when we start to see Summer Park respond quicker, yes, because that component of the catchment is being caught by Spring Creek Dam at the moment. So it's all, we noticed that change even in Spring Creek when Gosling Reservoir filled uh, and started to spill, that uh, you start to see more response in Spring Creek Dam after that. Um, so that will flow flow on downstream as water does and uh, start, we'll start to see the impact at Suma. Keeping an independent eye on, on water for Orange City Council. Martin Hay, thanks for your time today. No problem, Alan. Thank you. And now with his wrap of another big week, here's Orange City Council CEO, David Waddell. Well, another big week for us. We reached 50% for water supply, which is just fantastic. And uh, yeah, we really dreamed of this time that we could go into spring um, at a good level. Remembering last year we went into spring at I think 30%. We're already on 50 and we haven't haven't hit spring yet. Good to see the city presentation crews out replacing all those trees on Molong Road that got so burnt by the drought. We'll see the crews doing a lot of work this spring because, um, yeah, we have lost a lot of stuff in the last drought, so that's good. The mountain bike brief went out today, which is um, to have a crack at the Mount Canobolis mountain bike trail project. It's going to be controversial, so it be interesting to see how that goes. Anyway, busy week, 16 degrees this weekend. Spring's around the corner. Um, have a great weekend. Thanks for being here for the show this week. If you like what you hear, subscribe where you get your podcasts. Search for The Orange Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.